Hey, welcome back to the show. Well, the City of Vancouver's draft budget for next year is proposing a property tax increase of 7.6%. Money from the proposed hike will go towards city services, uh, infrastructure renewal, and police funding. Now, it'll cost an additional $100 or so for a, a median strata unit per year and about $263 for a median single-family f- uh, property. Uh, this proposed increase, of course, uh, comes uh, after last year's property tax increase of 107 it's also lower than the 9.5% increase that was forecast earlier this year. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, the proposed increase is uh, Peter Meisner, ABC Vancouver City Councilor. Peter, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jess. Um, I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm of a different vintage as a, my, uh, as a reporter, and I remember property tax increases were 2 or 3% a year. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, 7.6%, uh, 10.7% last year. What is going on over there where... This I'm not saying it's become the new norm, and nobody wants to be bringing these kinds of increases in, but it is still 7.6%. What, what are the challenges there? Yeah, I mean, certainly I remember those years as well under Vision Vancouver in particular when it was 2 to 3% each year. And I think, you know, that is honestly part of the reason why we are in the situation that we are in today. There's been, uh, you know, years, even a decade of underinvestment in infrastructure across the city. Uh, and the city is facing really, really big challenges in terms of the sewer, the water infrastructure that we need to upgrade, but also the cost pressures that we're under as a city uh, that everybody's under uh, in society. Uh, inflation at record highs or decade decade uh, highs, uh, as well as the cost of labor, the cost of materials, supplies, um, and a growing city with, with big challenges. So uh, trust me that uh, none of us want to uh, be coming out as councillors with, with these uh, tax increases. We, we have done everything we can to keep this as low as possible. Uh, And as you mentioned, we did manage to uh, have staff uh, shave two percentage points off uh, the proposed tax increase, but uh, certainly understand uh, the cost pressures that people are under and just want people to know that we're doing everything we can to reduce uh, the city costs. What are the main cost drivers here in your mind? Yeah, so it is a couple things. Uh, It is uh, the infrastructure piece that I mentioned. Uh, It's also 40% of property taxes collected in Vancouver don't go to the city of Vancouver. They go to Metro Vancouver, TransLink, or the school tax. uh, And we don't have control over that. Um, But it really is that infrastructure piece. What do you mean by infrastructure? I'm curious. Yeah, so sewer and water upgrades that are needed. Uh, Vancouver has some of the oldest uh, underground infrastructure in the region. We're one of the older cities in the region. And if we're going to be adding density across the city in a housing crisis, we really need to upgrade a lot of that infrastructure. But other cost drivers are things like collective agreements. We've managed to uh, renegotiate several collective agreements with uh, unionized staff this year and avoid labor disruption. But obviously, there's a a large uh, cost attached to that, as well as fully funding police, fire, uh, and uh, and hiring new mental health nurses uh, for Vancouverites. Is is this the new norm, though? And what I mean by that is you've got built-in costs and people need to be paid, employees need to be paid. There's always going to be a cost driver, more people moving here. But is a 6 to 8%, 5 to 8% increase every year, the new norm? I certainly hope not. And as Mayor uh, Sim said last year, you know, the 10.7% increase uh, that, you know, uh, we really inherited a a difficult situation and that would not be the norm going forward. Uh, And I think you're seeing this year us managing to to, uh, shave off a couple percentage points. Uh, But certainly it is higher than I would like to see. Um, But it really is a a difficult financial situation that we're in and we've done everything we can uh, to find efficiency in order to get it down to as low as possible. But I certainly want to see lower increases in, in the coming years. I, I do not want to continue to see these large increases. Now, you're talking about infrastructure, and I get the the, the, the water and sewer. In many cases, sometimes when you want to expand uh, in certain neighborhoods, 
the sewer system just won't allow you to do it or the water system. So I get where you're coming from. But, you know, I go to the suburbs and suburbs have an advantage. They've got land. Uh, they've got an expanding tax base with more people moving there. They've got beautiful community centers. Uh, you know, if you look at Surrey beyond the policing issue for once, they actually are building some great stuff out there. Langley as well. Um, you know, these communities and Coquitlam as well. Uh, and yet when I, whenever I hear stories about Vancouver, it's like, A, uh, they've had to shut something down, let's say a pool. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, uh, exterior challenges somewhere where, where something has to be shut down for a day or two. Uh it seems like the city itself isn't able to do the basics well, as well as they used to, particularly around parks and rec sometimes. And look, I'm, I say this as an outsider. I don't live in the city proper. Um, but it, there are costs coming. And are you still are you still going to be able to build that other infrastructure when I talk about community centers and all those other things, parks, all those kind of stuff that you really need to make when it comes to quality of life? Are you going to be able to do that when you see property tax increases of 7 8% just to deal with water and sewer and the basics of basic infrastructure. Yeah, I mean I think we're playing catch up as I mentioned and I think part of the reason that you know you are seeing those community centers and parks in in not in great shape is those uh, many years of really really low property tax increases which were probably, you know, more politically motiva- motivated rather than what's the right thing to do in order to fund the services that people need. So, I think we're we're playing catch up, but um, you know, when you look at Burnaby or Surrey or different suburban communities, they have challenges that Vancouver or Vancouver has challenges that they just don't have you know we are a center of the entire region we have I don't know how many tens of thousands of people that flood into Vancouver every day to go to work to go to events to go out and there's costs associated with that whether that's policing transportation infrastructure so Mm -hmm. Vancouver has cost pressures that other adjacent cities don't have and we also have older infrastructure not to even mention uh, you know the homelessness epidemic and the opioid crisis that we're dealing with which is ground zero is in Vancouver so there's all uh, bigger costs uh, borne by Vancouver than other regional uh, neighboring municipalities. Yeah, and look, I, I think when this, when citizens look at it, you got rid of the paper cup pup, t- paper cup tax and some of these other things, but you're also, I think, providing daycare. And I'm not saying daycare isn't important, very important. In fact, I hope we get to a point where we can provide daycare nationally mm-hmm. for uh, for families. Um, is there a desire to get out of the non-core businesses? Like I said, daycare is important and your citizens uh, and generally daycare systems when you have nationally and provincially, certainly in Quebec, when you look at the studies, they actually pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. But municipalities shouldn't be in the daycare business, right? The city of Vancouver shouldn't be in the daycare business, right? And I get downloading. Is there a way to slowly whittle down those costs in, in, a, in a, an effective manner, in a safe manner, that you can actually get back to your core business. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly that has to happen over the longer term, the medium to longer term. Um, But we need senior levels of government to step in before we can do that. It is true that the city has taken on areas of responsibility outside of its mandate, uh, but that was because no one else was willing to step up at that time to do that. So we need to do what we can as councillors, as the mayor, to advocate uh, to senior levels of government to get involved in those areas again, because the city cannot, city taxpayers cannot fund those uh, responsibilities that really aren't part of our core city mandate. The issue is we've been doing them for a while. Decisions have been made in the past, and we can't just drop that ball right now. So we need to transition and have senior levels of government come to the table with uh, funding. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we are speaking to Peter Meisner, ABC Vancouver City Councillor. Peter um, was generous to come in today to talk a little bit about the City of Vancouver's budget uh, draft budget, which includes a 7.6% property tax increase. Uh, 
Uh, and as I say, um, I'm of a certain vi- vintage when we used to debate 2 and 3% increases. And now I will say this, uh, in a COVID and post-COVID environment, cities are going through a lot of challenges. One only has to go down the I-5. Look at Seattle. I was downtown Seattle probably about four months ago. Huge challenges there. You've got retailers pulling out uh, over concerns about safety and customers and homelessness and mental health issues. Oregon, one only has to Google the name Portland, downtown downtown Portland, and see some of the challenges there. San Francisco is losing a lot of retailers as well in the downtown core. Huge challenges of homelessness as well. Los Angeles as well. So Vancouver uh, is not on its own, uh, not having to deal with those things on its own, but uh, huge challenges for them as well. But a property tax is a property tax, and we've got one taxpayer. And on top of that, you've got metro taxes, you've got provincial taxes, you've got federal taxes as well, and many fees as well. So give us a call on the open line. I do want to hear from you in regards to what you think the city should be doing. And Vancouver is not the only one. Other cities are going to have to make some tough choices as well. 604-280-9898, star 98. 98 on your cell phone. Uh, let's go to Ryan in Vancouver. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Jez. Uh, two points. One, the uh, infrastructure things are red herring. If you look at the numbers from the city, 13 cents on every dollar is for infrastructure. 37 cents is for hiring those 100 cops that ABC promised. And, you know, I go downtown a lot. Hiring cops hand over fist has not made the city one bit safer. So maybe scale back that promise like they already have on the mental health nurses. And but, that was that was cut to the four and a half percent increase, and and if I could just a second yeah. quickly, uh, the councillor talks about people coming from outside of the city and using our services, you know, having policing costs and stuff like that. I think that's a good point. But there was a proposal to fix that that one of his colleagues on council on ABC proposed. It was the road tax that people outside the city, and then he turned around. His own party proposed it, and then he pinned it on Kennedy Stewart. So I have zero patience for ABC and this councillor on, on the taxes. It is entirely their promises. Ryan, thank you uh, for your call. Uh, let's just touch on on the issue of uh, mental health nurses for a second. You can't just hire 100 right away. Uh, where are we in that process? Yeah, so there have been about uh, 10 staff members hired uh, for the mental health uh, initiative. And my understanding is that one of them is already working with VPD to triage calls. And there's been quite a bit of success there. And that hiring process is ongoing uh, to hire those mental health nurses. So it certainly was an ambitious promise, but it was uh, what Vancouverites uh, wanted. And uh, that is why we were elected with an overwhelming majority. So I make no apologies uh, for hiring uh, mental health health nurses or hiring and fully staffing the Vancouver Police Department. Is there a way to um, um, generate revenue, not that I want to advocate for taxes, as you say, from people coming into this city? I'm Look, I drive in, uh, but I, you know, we this is where we work, and I don't want to be dinged in for coming in to do my job. I don't think that's fair, and I don't think we're that city yet, that size and scope that we need to be doing that. Um, but is there any way the city can generate revenue that, uh, not that it has to be mandatory, but perhaps uh, there's a consumption tax of some sort? I don't know. Is there, are there ways to generate more revenue for the city? Yeah, I think on the road tax issue, that's not something the city of Vancouver should have been going alone on. That needs to have a regional approach, and I would want to work through TransLink in order to implement that. I think the issue with the road tax was it was going to penalize everyday people, not just people commuting from outside Vancouver into downtown, but people that actually live in Vancouver and need to get downtown. As soon as they would have crossed uh, 16th Avenue heading north, they would have had to pay a tax. And I just don't think that's fair, especially to people that uh, work at odd hours or uh, have to take uh, their personal vehicle because there's no transit service available or uh, you know are delivering pizzas or uh, they're they have a work truck and they're they're making repairs on a building downtown so it would just increase costs for everybody I think if we're going to do something like that we need to have a regional approach it can't just be penalizing people yeah and, and Lon- central London has that but last time I checked we're not making central
actual London salaries here uh, in Metro Vancouver. So I think it's a different type of conversation. But uh, that that is part of the challenge is it just in regards to how do you keep paying for the uh, and, and your budget's at about one point nine billion, just, uh, just under I, two. I believe it's around two billion. Two but, billion. Uh, I'd have to okay. look at those latest numbers. Two billion dollars. There you go. All right, let's go to James in White Rock. Hello, James. Hi, Jess. Thanks for taking my call. My first comment is, why isn't the city digging uh, developers for the infrastructure upgrades when they're putting up new buildings? And my second one is, why are they so worried about sewer systems when they want to be completely electric in 15 years and the whole infrastructure for electricity in Vancouver needs to be replaced to facilitate that? Uh, James, thank you for your call. I don't think anybody's going to argue with you on this, fixing the sewer system. But. Yeah, I mean, I think on on the 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 electricity issue, I'll leave that up to BC Hydro to uh, to build a few more site C dams. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, we are doing what we can to extract money from developers in terms of uh, community amenity contributions. There's a lot of competing demands for that money, whether that's infrastructure upgrades, but also things like community centers, libraries, yeah. etc. So uh, certainly, we are we are doing what we can to to max maximize uh, that amount of money that we're getting from development. But we also need to be mindful of the fact that we need to build housing and we can't make it prohibitively expensive. And I want to remind you also, uh, tomorrow uh, for our segment, The Next Million, uh, Keith Baldry and Vaughn Palmer will be joining us. And we're going to talk about uh, powering Metro Vancouver with another million residents here. Site C will be completed, but it'll probably be the last large-scale hydroelectric dam we build in the city. So what are uh, sort of our future energy sources? Which ones will we be going to? Will it be wind, hydrogen? Who knows? I will be talking to Vaughn and Keith as they've been following that file very closely. Uh, let's go to William in Delta. Hi, William. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good. What's on your mind? Thanks for taking the call. I, I, what, what's on my mind is, unfortunately, the poor retailers of Vancouver. Uh, they get inundated with higher rates for their rent and, at the same time, less foot traffic uh, due to the simple And then you guys were wanting extra taxes from them. Mm-hmm. kind of doesn't make sense. Uh, to build that portion up where more people do go out and shop, more people do go out and spend money, um, you got to free up the parking, you got to free up... Uh, the uh, ability for those people to succeed in their business because nine out of ten of these businesses are just crapping out and and the only thing that's uh, uh, empty is empty parking meters. Yeah. Now you see, uh, I went down to Kitsilano just on Broadway alone. Nobody's parking in front of the stores to go into eat. You know what I mean? Because of the meters. William, thank you for your call. We're just, sorry, don't mean to cut you off. We ran out of time. I want to make sure Peter answers that. I mean, just talk to me a little bit about just making the city still a place that's accessible to small business owners. Yeah, I mean, we do uh, hear uh, small business loud and clear about the challenges that we're facing. And also, you know, a lot of those challenges are related to public safety. So they're telling us that their customers don't necessarily feel safe, uh, say, coming downtown, for example. So that's why we're doing what one of the reasons why we're doing what we can to uh, to staff up uh, the Vancouver Police Department and give them the resources they need to maintain public safety. As for the parking piece, um, we do need parking meters on busy streets like Broadway in order to manage uh, uh, demand. Uh, so people wouldn't be parking there all day for free, for example, and, and those businesses would not be able to have that parking spot for someone else who wants to patronize that business. But uh, certainly what we need to do and what we are doing and working towards is creating that environment that uh, you know small businesses can thrive and succeed in. And that includes uh, having a city that's safe and clean and accessible for people. And this council is extremely focused on that. Peter, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure.